the destination doesn't even matter when you're like zooming out. The best games in life aren't winnable. The winning of the game is the continuous playing of the game. You don't win marriage. You don't win health. Once I got that in my head, I was like, okay, cool. Then who's going to beat me? Because I'm having way more fun with the process than somebody else is. It took me a long time to figure out when you're out there to just hit goals. The happiness that I had is 30 seconds, right? That's a dopamine hit versus the serotonin of what you're talking about of like, loving the process, loving what you're doing. Welcome to the Road to 100 podcast, a show for those of you who are out there building empires. We're your hosts, Cody Littlewood and Pasha Esfendieri. Together, we'll embark on the journey to the coveted 100 million mark, as well as striving for excellence in every aspect of our lives. Here at the Road to 100, we believe that true success goes beyond financial prosperity. That's why we bring you insightful conversations with top entrepreneurs and trailblazers who share their unfiltered experiences in building wealth, as well as cultivating fulfilling relationships and maintaining optimal health. This podcast is perfect for ambitious entrepreneurs, health enthusiasts, and anyone seeking genuine and transformative insights from those who dare to go all out. Welcome to The Road to 100, and we will see you at the finish line. Hey guys, we have an incredible episode because we got our good friend Brian here. Uh, he is what he's up to is incredible. So really excited to highlight him and what he's up to. Brian, thanks for being on the show with us and teaching us what you're going to teach us. Appreciate it, bro. Man, no, I'm I'm so excited to be on here. We're going to go hard for 60 minutes. We're going to not waste a single minute of them and just pour as much value into you guys as possible. Thankfully, uh, Pasha and Cody accepted my Venmo uh, that I sent them to bring me on the show. So now we're good to go. Everyone's bribed. The palms are greased. So we're ready to rock. It was a little light. So, you know, come on. <laughs> this is funny freedom. So Brian, what's your history and what got you to where you're at now with what you're doing? So uh, backstory in about 30 seconds, because I do a lot of podcast episodes just by daily. So my backstory, traditional upbringing, college, all that, graduated college, hopped into a sales position, corporate America. Luckily, I made it to the very top of the company early and I got everything I ever wanted to realize that I didn't want any of it. So I climbed the mountain, reached the peak and I was looking out and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> like this is not the wrong, the right mountain I was climbing. So then I began to plan my escape from corporate America. I did it in a very boring, non-sexy way. Um, it doesn't make an eye-catching podcast title, but I'll tell you what, guys, like you have to do the unsexy stuff first to earn the right to do the sexy stuff later. Sexy stuff doesn't come first. All right. It's everybody that has these thousands of apartment units. Most of them started with a single family and monopoly their way up to hotels. You know what I mean? Um, so I just started doing the house hack strategy, bought property a year. It was very easy. Um, replaced my salary with that. And I was able to swing for the fences, started up a podcast, my podcast, Action Academy. That accidentally became a six-figure business without me meaning it to be off of affiliates and ads and stuff, which led to the creation of my media company. And so now we've got all that humming. I looked up one day and I realized, oops, I just replaced my quarter million dollar a year sales job with a, a podcast and a couple of sticks and bricks in North Atlanta. I was like, holy shit, what next? And so I left my job in March 2022, hopped on a one-way flight, which is the natural progression, right? Um, and traveled the world full-time for seven months. <laughs> And so that's what I did in 2022. Finished it up with Singapore. Then I moved to Austin, Texas. And now I run a media company full-time and a mastermind myself where I try to help other people do the same. So my goal is to help a million people leave unfulfilling corporate jobs to pursue a life of fun, fulfillment, and freedom by 2025. So that's going to take a lot of podcasts and a lot of money to do that. This is about accountability, right? How are you counting a million? So right now, how I'm doing it is just by um, people that are in the community. So, or like adjacent to the community. So it's like, 
like a grand stretch goal, but in my mind, like in my vision, I've got this wall in an office building, right? And this wall is full of all these individual business cards that all these corporate guys and girls, it's like their companies that they started after they left corporate America. It's like either it's like a laundromat, it's like their car wash, it's their multifamily company, it's their syndication, and they all have the, these business cards. I've got an entire wall full of a million business cards. Like that's what I see in my vision. I thought you were going to say like the old business cards, right? Like the business, the, the wall of, uh, you know, the wall of shame, so to speak. Should we, should we do like the wall of shame? I like it, man. Cause yeah, you know, and so many entrepreneurs, like for a long time, I didn't have a business card when I was doing my own thing. Right. Yeah. I didn't need one anymore. I was, I had to go to a wedding the other day. I had to figure out if I had a suit that fit. Like, that's crazy to me. No, that's awesome, man. I love that you are on this mission. How, how's it going? How many people have you helped so far? So I've got like the, the, the micro and the macro, right? So I've got 150 people, 150 people in the community right now. So about, I'd say two dozen so far have like rang the bell and left their corporate jobs, been able to replace with cash flow. But we launched in like Q4 of last year, man. So so I'm I'm super, super proud of them. They've done it in a bunch of different ways. And um, so I'm very asset class agnostic. I just care about the cash flow, baby. So people think people have the equity and net worth conversation, which we'll get into today. But I think everyone should start with cash flow first and then have the um, net worth and the scale conversation in the back end because the cash flow gets your freedom and then the equity and the net worth keeps your freedom. How'd you come up with your vision? Because like when you're talking about your vision, you're very free and clear about your vision and you're very young compared to most of us older guys you know so how would you come up with that vision trial and error i'll say that and then also it's just a cheat code for anybody that's like looking to get into entrepreneurship if you want instead of going and getting like an mba just start up a business podcast right so it's like anything that i'm trying to do i can literally go email the author of the best-selling book of that subject and just interview them on the podcast and develop a relationship with them so there's a book called vivid vision i love it. it's by a guy named cameron harold um i dm cameron and he's now a personal friend and he came on the podcast so i can send my vision to the guy that wrote the book on vision and he can rip it apart, send it back to me and say, change this, 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 and this, clarify this, quantify this right off into the sunset. So that's what I do with everything in my life. It's always who, not how. Also, it's iteration. So when people are writing their first vision, which um, what we're referring to for people that are maybe unfamiliar is 20 years is too much of a time horizon. Like you don't know what the hell you're going to do in 20 years. I'm 28 right now. So that's like asking eight-year-old Brian what I am today. Impossible. Uh, three years, a good sweet spot. So what we do is three-year, what's called vivid vision. So you write what your business or what your personal life looks like, feels like, acts like, tastes like, so that everyone else can see your vision and have an idea of where they can fit or where they can help. So it's a projection externally to other people saying, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my rocket ship I'm building. Do you want to hop on board? Um, it's different than a vision board because the vision board's the internal uh, visualization of that because it's like all the pictures on a screenshot or on your wall or stuff like that. And that, that doesn't translate externally. So I tell people they try to do this perfect vision at one time. That's not how it works. It's like the sculpture process. So you start with a block of marble, then you chisel away, chisel away, and then you start to get the form and then you keep chiseling and then you start to get the hair and the face and the bone structure. And then right now I'm finally to the point where I've been doing this for three years and I can chisel in like the eyes and the nose and the details. So it's just an iterative process. I love that description, man. It's also beautiful because you talk about something that not many people People talk about people talk about a vision talk about like where the, the goals they want to get to but you said it what's the smells what who are you surrounded by what does it look like what are you wearing what are the look like what what are you seeing 
How do you want to feel? How do you want to feel? What's the feelings? Well, what are the other people feeling? And then that's when it becomes so crystal clear that it starts to pull you into where you want to be going as well too, which is so, so, so freaking important that I don't think enough people talk about. And who is a rock star? So people like and this, po- people that listen to this podcast specifically, all you guys are thinking about is how to, how to hire rock stars, right? How do you attract rock stars in your life? You're not going to attract a rock star unless you have a massive fucking vision. You're just not because they're not, they don't have space. Their vision is so big already on their own that unless your vision is big enough to fit their vision within to where they can accomplish all their wildest hopes and dreams within your vision, you're never going to get the rock star. So I get that from David Osborne and uh, Matt King. So David's vision is so grand that Matt King can get all of his wildest hopes and dreams by like wakeboarding in the wake that David's boat provides. That's awesome, man. I think that the uh, Ed Milet talks about that in this last book, uh, The Power One More. One of your most important things as a leader is to build a, a huge vision and to constantly be selling that huge vision and how somebody fits into that vision in your, you know, in your organization. And it's a really underrated skill because otherwise you're right. You're never going to find rock stars, right? You're going to find people that, you know, that the visions are small enough that they're going to fit inside of a smaller vision. And I think you're also going to find people that are not really putting their heart into the greater vision that you're building because they're not really that interested in wait, you know, they're not really interested in that wake, right? They're looking for the other wake. And so they're just coming in and putting in the hours and doing the bare minimum, but they're not really pouring into it. And the wildest thing about vision is it helps you prevent what's called like a sunk cost fallacy, right? So a lot of people's problems and a lot of people relate to what I'm about to say is you're climbing up this mountain of life, right? And maybe some of you guys are doctors or lawyers or multifamily guys. You've been doing this for like 10, 20, 30 years. It's your entire identity, maybe your profession. And then you realize that the only way to get up to the top of the mountain that you're trying to get to is you have to go all the way back down to the bottom and go a different way. So that produces what's called a sunk cost fallacy. And that's the main, you know, little bugaboo that keeps people from going. They don't want to start over again. So like with a vision, you're able to like really crystal clear, see where, like what that mountaintop looks like and more quickly pivot your direction when you're making the climb. So for right now, I've got single family real estate. I'm actually in the process of liquidating all of my single family real estate. Not that's great, great um, interest rate, 2.5 and 3.1%, 30 year fixed. They both cash flow, all my properties cash flow, they're co-living. It's fantastic. But in five, 10 years, do I see myself building a portfolio of co-living? No, I only want to focus on one thing and one thing alone. And that is Action Academy and growing my company because life is a hell of a lot more fun when you focus on just one thing, because people will have like 10 different businesses that are operating simultaneously. And you're going to lose your effing mind doing that. You have to do one thing at a time. And there's like uh, David Osborne talks about this a lot, who once again, I, I alluded to him before. He's the founder, one of the founders of GoBundance. And he's probably been on this podcast or he needs to be on this podcast. But he talks about uh, plant trees, manage orchards. And that's how I run, op- operate all my businesses. So like when you start a business, you're planting a seed in the ground and you need to watch over that seed as it grows into a sapling and protect it from the wind and the rain and the economic forces and everything that's going to destroy that tree until it's fully grown and it's got its roots in. And then you can move on to the next tree and then plant the next tree and then make sure that tree is grown. And then you hire somebody to just manage the entire apple orchard. And then so that now they're running all of your businesses while you're off doing something different. So that's what I'm doing right now is helping my sapling become a tree. I think that's so wise. So many people, and I see, I actually see this, this, this is like a trap a lot of the GoBundance guys get into and they're, cause they're, they're really good at building businesses. And then they're like over and over and over and over again. And they've got 10 like really small businesses and they built like fine, a fine life for themselves, but like their hair is on fire. Right. And they 
have no focus whatsoever. If I want exposure to mobile home parks, I'm going to call Pasha. If I want exposure to small businesses, I'm going to call somebody else. It's insanely hard to build a really great business. It's like crazy hard to build a really great business, right? I mean, it's doable, right? And we're all doing it. And so I'm not saying it takes a rocket scientist, but trying to do that multiple times and handle that multiple times, it's just, it's, it's insane. So tough, especially if you're trying to handle it yourself. And also as you grow your primary business, the one thing, right? The one business, you're going to start to find ways to invest in infrastructure, consolidate the market. You're, you're going to find ways to outbeat your competitors. But if you keep, I don't understand why people do that, but you know, it'll just diversify your attention across other platforms. So you can't be hyper-focused. And I know when I invest, or if I want to go find an expert, I want the one person that's focused on the one thing. That's it. That's all they do, right? I'm not going to go invest in the guy who invests in cannabis, multifamily, land banking, and ATMs all at once. It's like, what are you doing, buddy? Yeah, millionaires have seven streams of income. We hear it over and over and over again, but nobody talks about like the sequential order in which the streams are built. Everyone acts like you have to go do all of them at the same time. And I was just like, this all kind of cauterized for me when I was focusing on my business. And then all of a sudden I have an eviction, like chick doesn't pay me rent because that happens in single family. And I'm like, okay, well, let me send somebody out there to go fix it up in Atlanta. I'm in Texas. Um, cool, $16,000 rehab cosmetic to get the new tenant in. And I'm like, well, this thing cash flows like... $1,300 net with, and that's including 20% for CapEx, vacancy repairs, all that stuff, 1300 on top of that. I'm like, that's my entire year's worth of cash flow right there. Why the hell am I even putting any thought into this? And I can go make like Action Academy, like my community, the masterminds bringing in like $50,000, $60,000 a month right now, top line revenue. And it's just like, I launched it in January. Why the fuck would I focus on this single family house? So now I'm selling that. I'm going to liquidate it, use the um, homestead exemption because I added it as a primary tax-free, just sit on the cash, not think about it one second after that and we can go into like what that's going to yield afterwards but we, but we should probably hit on like the importance of audience and all that first before we talk about that i definitely want to hit on that but i also like this is a really important thing i want to bring up you're able to sell these homes even though they are cash flowing even though it is easy it is a nice little thing to say you have these homes but because you're living in your vision those decisions become easier right because a lot of people will say oh well let me wait until the market gets better but that means they're not really living in their vision 100 and when anyone comes to me, at least, and says, I don't know what to do in this situation like this, the first thing I ask them, what is your goals five years from now? And does that align with your goals? And they're like, oh, I don't have I don't have a goal. Obvious. When you have a vision, every decision that you can make short term becomes so much easier. And it doesn't like pull your hair out on what which way you're supposed to go. Mike Ayala, another good friend of all of ours and a mentor of mine, he said, do you want to have a portfolio of co-living single family homes five to 10 years? I said, hell no. It's the last thing I want. He goes, okay, cool. Well, it's time. It's like, go ahead and get rid of them. You don't need to make sense of it. It's like it doesn't fit into your your broader vision. So people don't think about, um, they talk about ROI all the time and cash on cash, but nobody talks about like ROE. Like what's your return on effort? Like what's your return on energy? True profit, true profit, so profit, revenue minus expenses. True profit is revenue minus expenses minus headaches. So it's just like, I don't want these effing headaches. <laughs> and it's just, it's not profitable enough. I'll, I want million dollar headaches. I don't want single family headaches. He taught me a very valuable lesson recently because I just interviewed him for the scale series. Uh, for Go Abundance, and uh, along the same vein of what I'm going to be asking you, but he taught something in business while I was like, "Oh, this is genius!" That everyone thinks about hiring a coach and all of this, and he says no one thinks about the ROI on mentoring your employees. 
if you can give off some of your time to be a mentor and your employee now can bring an extra $100,000 for the company per year, your ROI is astronomical. And how much of your time compared to the uh, profit that can come in and no one thinks about that. It just made me shift. Every, like I'm just thinking about all of my employees now. It's like, how can I add way more value to all of them? Because that's just going to return a space and no one thinks about that. Man, that was an incredible piece of advice. I just heard a new KPI that I've never even considered before, and that's ROH, return on headcount. So it's just like, I was talking to a couple of my friends. One of them is a self-storage guy. He's about to be a, a multi-billionaire by probably 33. Um, and he said that he was going to buy a company, but he looks for a 250000 net revenue per headcount per employee. And he goes, I was going to buy a garage store company for his self-storage facility because he vertically vertically integrates. And he goes, but they had like 40 employees. So while like the net revenue was like, they were producing like $2 million. It's like the, the return on headcount, it was like it's too much headache to manage that many people. He goes, I need a more profitable employee to have to be able to buy the business. And I was like, they do that in media too. So I interviewed Matt Mashari, who was the CEO coach for Naval Ravikant. He talks about Silicon Valley. Like they're looking at like the return on headcount for you know the Googles the and it's just not something I ever thought about before because look at what are we running into right now we're recording this in early 2023 all these companies with all this bloat that is just completely unnecessary now they're shedding their headcount by like 30 40 percent reduction because they were never necessary yeah who was it David Freeberg that got a, a little bit of trouble on the all-in podcast he was like he, he was like Google could be ran by like 30 people <laughs> And that's why it's an amazing business, right? It really is why it's an amazing business, but they've built this incredible amount of bloat. And we just had Gabe uh, Hamill on the show, who's also amazing. And he's built his entire like empire, no investors and no employees. He only has one employee now. Um, that runs uh, one of his RV parks. And that is also a pretty incredible feat. Like the people that have figured out how do I, it's incredible to be able to build great teams, right? But it's also pretty incredible to build huge businesses with no employees, right? It's all a different equation. It just depends on your lifestyle and how you want to go about it. And what you want to, because like the whole solopreneur thing, like is, is like all the rage now and it's becoming sexy. There's like a couple guys, there's like one guy that built like this $30 million, Justin Well, that's a good example. Another guy that built like a huge business and it's like it takes him like two hours a day. And a lot of people are kind of going like the newsletter, or like digital media route where you can run like basically no code automations and you can build like a couple million dollar business. That just seems so effing lonely to me. I, I don't want to do that. Look, the destination doesn't even matter. Really, when you're like zooming out, um, Alex Ramosi posted this quote that I really, really fucking love today. He posted that the best games aren't winnable. It's like the best games in life aren't winnable. The point, the winning of the game is the playing, the continuous playing of the game. He's like, you don't win marriage. You don't win health. You continue to play the game of marriage and continue to play until you're dead. Continue to play the game of health until you're dead. You continue to play the game of business until you're dead. They don't win the game of business. So the best games aren't winnable. I was just like, once I got that in my head, I was like, okay, cool. Then who's going to beat me? Because I'm having way more fun with the process than somebody else is. And there's... It's amazing that you figured it out so young, man. It took me a long time to figure out, you know, at least what, how old are you? 28. Okay, at least seven more years than you uh, to figure this out. And it was that no matter what goal I set to, I would just have another goal, right? As soon as I accomplished that one, the happiness that I had as soon as I accomplished it was 30 seconds. 
And I just set a new goal. You become depressed. You become depressed. Nobody talks about this because it's not sexy, but like what happens on the other side of getting everything you've ever wanted? Yeah, it's unfulfilling because every time you set a goal, you hit your goal and then you set another goal and then you hit that goal, right? And the moment of happiness when you're out there to just hit goals is 30 seconds, right? Versus the literal, what is it? The serotonin, right? That's a dopamine hit versus the serotonin of what you're talking about of like loving the process, loving what you're doing. And, you know, and we talked about it and you joked, but I think you were serious and I, and you may be right, right? When we were talking about how do we get as great of a podcast as you? And you were like, you won't because this is all I do. And this is what I love to do. And this is all I love to do. And so you won't, it's impossible. Yeah, I said you won't as a side project. Because how can because how can you if so it's just a matter of functionality right so it's like if I'm obsessed with this and it's all I think about every single day and my entire like identity is wrapped up in this thing and it's a side project for someone else it's just like you're not gonna win like how are you gonna beat Kobe Bryant at basketball when he loved basketball more than anything but that's also where I take my business philosophies is Kobe didn't care about the championships he cared about the practices and the free throws like that's where he got his rocks off was you know I'm gonna go get my workouts in and just play every single day. And like, that's what happens. So like, I'm literally writing a book on this subject right now about passionate income. Everyone talks about passive income. I don't think passive income is the answer. I think passive income allows you to unlock passionate income, which is when you wake up, the Japanese got this term called ikigai, right? So it's like the intersection of what the world needs, what the market wants, what you can get paid for and what you're great at. And like, that's what I want everyone to get to. So let's get everyone rich as hell first, and then they can be free and opened up to where they're like, okay, what have I always wanted to do? And how can I make money on it? Just for the fun of business, because I'm good financially. I don't need any money, but like people, if you want to go be a freaking open up a bar in Maui, go open up the freaking bar in Maui. Like for me, this is my like passion. I wake up every day on fire. And the best example I've got of it is Steve Irwin. Like that dude woke up every single day and he was just like, I love my job. I love my life. I want to get everyone to that. And I think everyone's got that thing. They just haven't figured out what it is yet because they're too bogged down by reality. I almost want to argue that I think people do know, but they're just too afraid to change their life. No, it's a process. You can't just hop into it. No, of course not. But like, do the hard things first. Go do that hard thing and go make those hard decisions because it just leads into so much more light into your life later on. I feel like the longer you delay it too, and it's like the whole thing, the best day to plan a tree was yesterday. The next best day is today, right? I, lo I, love, I love Nike. There is no tomorrow. There is, yeah. So we're talking about podcasts. So let's talk about building an audience, which I think is you've done incredible. And I love to just like talk to other podcasters. You're totally right. It's amazing the access and the people that we've had on and we've been able to make friends with because of having the podcast instead of like, hey, I'm this random dude. I just want to talk to you. It's like, hey, come on, promote yourself. But really all we're going to do is just talk to you. So I love talking about what other awesome things have you gotten out of doing your podcast besides money, etc. What other awesome awesome things that you never would have thought were possible or maybe uh, uh, tangential benefits that you've received from doing the podcast. And I'd love to dig into building an audience and, and the importance of that. I mean, I've gotten every level of freedom that you could want, right? So I would argue that I'm freer than most people that are economically 100 times further than me uh, because there's a couple levels of freedom. You have financial freedom, personal freedom, philosophical freedom. So like financial freedom, everyone knows that. Passive income, 100% or it covers your expenses. If you have low expenses, it's not that difficult to hit financial freedom. I think anybody starting from square one can hit financial freedom within two to three years of concentrated effort, honestly, um, especially with the resources today. Uh, so then personal freedom is the hard one. That's the sticky point. 
point because you may have a bunch of passive income coming in, quote unquote, uh, which doesn't really exist. I think it's degrees of passivity, um, which come from automation and team, right? So then you have to hire, inspire, manage, delegate, all that stuff. But for me, I'm looking at all that. I'm like, do you have control of your time, of your schedule? That's where a lot of GoBundance guys are floundering because they may have, you know, 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 coming in passively per month. But they're like, can you just fuck off and go to Columbia on a Wednesday or a Friday? Now, kids is a whole other excuse to be able to use there. But I'm just saying, if you want to go to your kid's ball game, like, are you able to, you know, or do you have that investor call? Because now you own like five bathrooms in Boise, Indiana, but you say you have 2000 doors under management, right? And now you've got to be on that investor call <laughs> and your kid's playing t-ball and you can't be at the game. So that's personal freedom is having complete control of your calendar and your schedule. And then philosophical freedom is like, what kind of impact do I want to make on the world? What does, what really makes me happy? Like, what am I here to do? All that type of stuff. So the podcast has allowed me to have all three of those. So it's been super fun. I tell people like, even if I don't make a dollar from it, I win because it's an accelerant to relationships. And I think relationships are the ultimate store of wealth, not even time. It's actually relationships because if you have all the time in the world and you've got 24 hours in your day, you've got nothing to do and you've got a big old private jet and you're going to go fly out to your private island that you bought for billions of dollars, but you nobody wants to be on the jet with you. Nobody's going to be on the island with you. Dude, that's that's just like that's just like a terrible survivor movie. <laughs> like that's not even fun because you don't have anyone to experience it with. So I get to have this accelerant to connection and build this wealth of relationships through the podcast. That's so freaking awesome, not only with the guests, uh, but with the audience, because podcasting is the best media, media because there's different forms of media, right? There's like leverage, borrowed, owned, and earned. And so when you're on social media, Zuck or somebody can have a wild hair, or Elon can buy Twitter and completely decimate your audience. You could post a gun or post something that somebody doesn't like on YouTube. All of a sudden, your 100 million subscribers are... Out. But like newsletter and podcast, that's an audience that knows you very, very intimately. And you own that audience. It's your audience, um, especially with emails. So like newsletters, stuff like that, anything you could do to collect emails, because that's your audience. Nobody can say no, like you can't take away your email list. My audience, they listen to me 10, 20 hours a week. So I do a daily show. So it's just like whenever I say something, like it's going to resonate more with them because, and my business can grow faster because I've got this giant repository of information to where if somebody's like, who the hell is Brian Lubin? This has got full of it. It's hard to be full of it after 400 hours. You know what I mean? <laughs> has anybody seen? you in public and been like come up to you and been like oh my god i listened to your show not yet but it's funny we were in nashville and i was in the middle of talking to this girl because i'm single right now and my buddies all like got a bunch of dudes to like come up they're like hey go up to that guy and be like hey i'm a huge fan of the podcast and then i was just like yeah so they're like are you brian with action Cappy podcast and i was like oh my effing god oh man <laughs> No, I knew exactly what was happening. I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. Your ego was just like, yes, yes, I am. So that's funny you say that. But no, not yet. Um, but in the next in the next years, I will. Oh, for sure. No, you absolutely will. We we, we don't have your your reach, but I have, I've had some, I had a couple of GoBundance guys come up to me that listened to the pod at an event and were like, like introduced them, like, or didn't introduce themselves, like came up to me like we were old friends. No, GoBundance guys for sure. And he's like, oh my God. He's like, I just realized that you don't know who I am, but I know who you are because I've listened to like 20 of your guys' episodes. And that was the weirdest thing to me, this like one-sided thing. And I got to know him, super nice guy. Uh, shout out to Mike. But um, 
I brought in 89 GoBundance members last year, like the join because of Action Academy. So it was crazy to be at the event in, um, in Tahoe and be able to meet all these guys that had joined from the podcast. And a lot of guys I didn't even know, like had joined as like an ancillary thing. They were like, hey, like I listened to this, this one guy, Randy, Randy Smith, he randomly met, commented on one of my Facebook posts. And he's like, your episode in January of like 2022 convinced me to get a mindset coach. And then that allowed me to quit my job. I raised like 30 million through syndicate and I just joined GoBundance now, like two months ago, because of this episode from January 2021. So that's, it's sticky too, right? When it's out there, it's out there. Like your blog posts, your YouTube videos, all this stuff is sticky. So it's, you do it once and it's out there. So it's like very cool. So I know we kind of broached this subject, but I think this is really important because I, I really want to push this on to anyone who's been thinking about this, about the how important it is to capture the audience and like the market trends of what's happening. Can you talk about that? Tell you why it's so important for this? Sure. Let's talk economic first so that people can get like a, a dollar sign in their head of why of like the business behind this. And then we'll get into like the philosophical and like why you should actually do it, like the important stuff. So like the dollar sign. So right now I get 50,000 downloads a month on my podcast and it's a year and a half old. And it's all I, all I do is five episodes a week. So 50,000 downloads, you can get probably, I don't know, I'd say 50 to $70 per thousand downloads. Like from an advertiser, think of like Joe Rogan, like Traeger Grill, like, hey, check out my Traeger, like 75 bucks, 50 bucks for a um, little ad on that. So that's called a CPM, a cost per mil. So I did the math that even at a $50 CPM at a million downloads a month, that will produce $400,000, $500,000 of just pure advertiser revenue for me, for the podcast coming in each year. <clears throat> Not talking about passive income. No, that's that's macro. Like that's the year. But you know, four or five hundred thousand dollars isn't anything to shake a feather at. Like <laughs> and but that's not even where most podcasters make their money. Like where they make the money is like affiliates or building their own business on the back end. So through affiliates for Action Academy last year in 2022, I made 112,000 um off of Action Academy. So affiliates are when you have a product service company, whatever, and they say, Hey, we want to advertise this thing. Uh, do you want to pay for like per thousand downloads or do you want to pay like get a percentage of you know, the sell. And so for most people, especially small podcasters, like it's not worth the, you know, CPM. It's just not worth it. So for an affiliate, like a GoBundance, you get 10% as like a referral or like a coaching service is like 10,000, $20,000. You get 10% as a referral, it's a thousand, $2,000. So that's where things get like fun. That's what I do. Like that's what I did last year. I don't do anything anymore like that because I have my own business and I have my own business that's about to hit 300,000 of ARR and I launched it in December. So I'm pacing towards my mid off the back of the pod so here's the overall underlying like macro theme here audience is the new oil attention is the new oil so it's the most valuable thing that there is uh look at our friend brandon turner right that's what i'm doing like his entire business model is what I'm doing because it's a lubricant. It becomes easier. Everything's easier. So for him, he just gives value, gives value, gives value for free for years and years and years, has no ask, no expectation of any return. Then one day he starts a fund. Now he owns like hundred million dollars of over a hundred million dollars. I think it's like 500 million of uh, assets under management. Yeah. I think it's damn near up towards a billion. And he's not the one doing any of that. That's like Brian Murray and his operations team, Ryan Murdoch, all those guys. Like it's his ops guys that do it. He's just the face. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to build up my audience, my distribution, 
I'm going to own the distribution, which is the most valuable thing. And then so I'm going to have all these thousands and thousands of who's because it's who, not how all around me. And then all of a sudden I've got the cash flow built up, like we talked about before with Action Academy to where I'll be making like a million dollars at like a 95% gross margin, 70% net margin. That's take home just for me. Um, so $700,000 of net free cash flow coming in per year. And this is going to be like next year. Um, so that's going to be hitting plus the advertising revenue. So that'll put me over a million dollars in net free cash flow. Then I'm going to be sitting on the cash from these properties, the single families. That's another couple hundred thousand of cash. Then I'll send like an email or two out and I'll raise tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. And then I'll partner up with like the best and brightest operator that's in the country. That's like making a name for themselves with that's like, that's their thing that they've been doing for 10 or 20 years. But I'll raise a massive fund with them because I have their educational know-how and operational team in place and I'll be the face. And then that's how we'll get to a hundred million. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's because everyone trusts you. They know you, they've seen you, they felt your essence. That's really where it's going. And like another thing that I like to always talk about, it's not about like what your audience is right now and today. It's about what your audience is going to be five to 10 years from now, because everything is going digital. Everything you just never bet against tech. And we own our own content. I think Cody and I don't really understand we were getting into when we did this. We just knew that we wanted to get into this. We wanted to bring value, want to interview guys. And it's been, it's been awesome. I, I have the same experience with that, Cody, too. I think my hap, like I get really happy when somebody outside of GoBundance says, hey, I listened to your podcast. Man, it's good. I get a lot of valuable information from it. That's the secret. That's the secret. That's what makes it matter. That to me is just like, this is awesome. I mean, Cody and I haven't been thinking about what we're going to do in the future with it or how we're going to make money from it, but we love interviewing our friends. It's, it's incredible. That's good to hear because we're just trying to have awesome conversations with great people and we want to have fun conversations. So apply the inverse logic, right? A lot of people come to me and say, Brian, 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 how do I launch a podcast? How do I do a podcast? I've got this multifamily fund. I got this self-storage fund. I've got this fund. I've got this business that I'm trying to promote. How do I launch a business so I can promote this business? Like a podcast so I can promote this business. I'm like, eh, that's a little premature. So the the secret of media in like in one sentence is the longer that you can build your runway without making an ask where you just give for free without making an ask, the bigger your ask can be. So it's like Gary Vaynerchuk, like jab, 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 right hook, right? It needs to be a disproportionate amount of value that you provide to the ask that you make. So maybe you launch a podcast and you have a couple hundred downloads, maybe a thousand downloads a month, and then maybe you launch a hundred dollar thing. Yeah, sure. People will maybe join your hundred dollar thing. The reason I was able to grow my business to six figures in 48 hours after launch was because I went an entire year without advertising or doing anything. Like I just gave for free and people are like, well, hell, like we want to pay you somehow at this point. Like, let's do it. And I didn't have to sell anything. And so like, that's where my entire business model is. And also like, I just give all the information away for free and I sell the execution and the implementation. No, I love that, man. I love, I love the, uh, what is it? I think Tony Robbins calls it the value ladder. It's just micro deposits, right? It's just micro deposits over and over and over again. And you're building up this bank account of goodwill. Goodwill is the fastest compounding vehicle of anything. We talk about compound interest, but nobody talks about like the compounding nature of goodwill because, you know, people are listening to you guys. People are listening to me each and every day. And they're like, for us, it's just like, now it's a habit for me. I'm just, I'm going to make a podcast every day. It's my identity. And so it goes to that person and that person's just receiving deposits of value for me every single day. And I'm not even talking to them personally. So like, it's just a game of leverage at its ultimate form. One question I want to ask you is how many hours are you putting into this per week now? A lot. <laughs> I mean, if you like boil it down, like really operationally, a full calendar for me where I'm super, super happy would be 
three episodes for my podcast, which would be, I do two interviews and then one in the hopper. So that'd be three episodes for my podcast. And it's me as a guest like this on two podcasts. So that's five hours editing. I've got a person that helps me with editing and that's mostly automation. I can just read a transcript and like go over editing very fast. So editing for that, that's five hours. Editing, maybe call it an hour or two hours. Sourcing guests, 30 minutes. So seven hours maybe on the podcast. That's a full calendar. Okay. That doesn't make me feel too bad. You made it sound like it was going to be like 35 hours or something. I was nervous. On my business, it's like 24-7 because it's hard for me. It's hard for me to not work on my business on the back end. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. I was a little nervous we were going to be hearing, yeah, your, your podcast is going to suck unless you spend 45 hours a week on it. Oh, the bigger you get, the easier the guests are to get. Sure. How long, how long did it take you till you felt you were good at it? 50 episodes, 100 episodes. We got some runway, Cody. We got some runway. <laughs> what is this, 30? I think so. For me, it was, I had like sales skills already. So I had already put my 10,000 hours in there um, and like asking really good questions because anybody that's really good at sales, it's not about the answers, it's about your questions that you ask. So I'm really good at probing people and then like having, I loved listening to podcasts before. So I was listening to two hours of podcasts a day in my sales job. So that's 40 hours a month of listening to podcasts. So I just took all the different bits and pieces I love for my favorite ones. And I took the bits and pieces I hated for my favorite ones. I just removed all those and doubled down on the parts I like. So for instance, that looks like diving immediately into value. I hate when people drone on for 20 minutes about their upbringing, um, like being really actionable, like wrapping everything up and bringing it to how the audience can apply it immediately today. Tactics, stories, lessons. Yeah, because nobody cares. Nobody cares about your story. Like it's cool to get motivated, but like I want people to leave with something to do with it because otherwise it's just mental masturbation. You're not having sex. You're just listening to other people having sex. Is it too late to start a podcast? Is it like too saturated? No way. Like think about it 10 years from now, everyone's going to be so happy and lucky that they, they did it, right? Because that's where it's going. Yeah, like the biggest podcasts have already been around for like five years though. Yeah, but you have to look at radio. But look at radio and television spend, right? So if you look at like how many people are still paying for, here's a good example. Do people say YouTube is saturated? No. And there's like millions and millions and millions. of. I think there's like every bit of like 30 million YouTube channels. And I think there's maybe 2 million podcasts total. So it's just like, and people never say, oh, is YouTube too saturated? You know, like. When we started too, I think they told us they were like only out of those 2 million, like 30,000 are actually active. If you just post more than seven episodes, you're in the top 10% of all podcasts. It's very easy to win here. And when you look at advertising dollars from like traditional media, like television and radio, it's like 10, 10 to $90 billion going into TV and radio, which are both like dead. And so there's like almost only 2 billion going into podcast right now. So it's just, it's insane. The discrepancy. The greatest thing about podcast right now too also like we're, we're doing this for free right cody like we're we're not making any money off of this we don't plan to but wait you haven't been paying me <laughs> wait you've been getting paid <laughs> no no it's just free mentorship free it's free mentorship i'm learning from every single guest that comes and i get to apply that to my business i get to apply that to my life and i've learned a lot of unique pieces of advice that i wouldn't have gotten if i hadn't had this and like that trajectory Brian shared way more today than when I asked him about our pod before. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. Well, we asked Brian. So here's here's the backstory. We asked Brian to be brutally honest with feedback. He said to rip it apart is your actual words. You did rip it apart. No, we loved it, man. It was great. And he ripped us apart and he made us way better. Those are the kind of friends I want to be with. That's why we have Sergio editing our pod now. What's up, Sergio? <laughs> Sergio's crushing it, man. Don't steal him from us. Let's hide his last name. 
No, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, people like kind of like shit on short form and all these other content. They're like, I don't want to make TikTok videos. I don't want to do any of this stuff. I get it. Okay. I get it. But here's the reframe that I've had to do to to like move in the right direction, right? So I used to think of life like this cup, right? And we all have this analogy where you fill this cup up and you have to make sure your cup is full before you pour into others, right? So especially advice that we give to like wives and girlfriends that, you know, they just pour into other people, but they never do anything for them. And then they're just like depleted and drained. And so I used to tell my ex-girlfriend that I'm like, yo, you're pouring your water out. You don't got any water in your cup to like pour out. And then uh, a GoBro told me, he was like, I was like, yeah, I got to make sure my cup is full before I pour into others. He's like, no, dude, you got to cut the bottom off the cup. So everything that pours to you pours through you into other people. And then as soon as I applied that in my life, I was just like, that's when everything took off. So here's the reframe for everybody listening. You're actually selfish for not making the content. You're actually very self-centered and egotistical for not making the content. Because when I started my podcast, I had all these limiting beliefs about why I shouldn't do it. And I wasn't qualified enough. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't good enough. And then somebody was like, wow, that's the most selfish thing I've ever heard. Like you're denying other people access to information because of your own ego. And so I, to solidify this and punctuate this for people listening, I had, so my business is I help people like leave corporate America through passive income, real estate and business acquisition. So this girl, a 24 year old woman, she watched a TikTok that I made in 2021. So two years ago, watched a 30 second video I made that was just a stupid video about like how I house hack. Such a dumb video that I don't even care about and I didn't even remember making. It took me 30 seconds to make. She watched that and she said, what's house hacking? Then she went and bought two house hacks. Then she bought three Airbnbs on top of that. And then she just called me two years later when I launched a business and she's like, hey, that video, you did a video like two years ago and it made me buy six rental properties, completely changed my life. I'm about to leave my corporate job and I want to just like tell me how much Action Academy is and I'm joining. Um, I don't care if it's $10,000, like tell me and I'm joining. And then so she, and it wasn't, it's not $10,000 yet, but she, she paid, I, I, we hung up the call, credit card hit the bank account, hit the strap account every bit of two minutes later, she's onboarded. And now like, she's got like three more properties under contract. So if I hadn't posted that video, butterfly effect, like maybe she wouldn't have ever done any of that. That's just one example. I love that because it feels egotistical to post it, right? Like it feels like I always feel awkward about that that stuff and like self-promoting and I and we were just talking we were just had Alvin Uy on right before this and we were we were talking about this he's dude he's the man dragon slayer he is he is incredible um and we were talking about the same thing right like he shared some stuff that I think was incredibly valuable for other people right and you're right you know we we it may feel egotistical and self-promoting or whatever else but at the end of the day you forget how much value you have to bring and how much you can share to other people. And I, I love I love that perspective because that's something I always struggle with personally. I, I really hate to promote my own stuff. Egotistical not. It's egotistical to keep it all to yourself because then that's really hoarding. Now, I think what most people are afraid of is like the fear of rejection of people saying, oh, this is stupid or like the stupid internet trolls that are scratching their freaking bellies in their mom's basement. Um, that's going to happen anyways. So it's just like, I don't even look at the comments. I've got a bunch of videos going over 100,000 views now. And I don't even look at the comments past 10,000 views because like, it doesn't matter. Like if they're talking, yeah, if they're talking shit. Then I mean, it's just going to boost the algorithm and get it to that one person that really needs it. So, you know, and I've just seen it over and over and over again that I can, like, I'm very solidified in my opinions now, in my perspective, because I have the frame of reference now. It's also your intention that goes behind posting something. 
right? I think we all are pretty authentic enough to be like, hey, this is just for value and I want to help somebody and this is my story. And I'm sure there's people out there that are egotistical about it and trying to get those that clickbait for their insecurities or whatever, right? But like there's people out there that need that. But if you're really kind of genuinely giving, I think that's where you, you should be coming from. That's how I change my perspective. Virality and clickbait's a bad game to play because then that's inauthentic. That's just portraying, that's just playing a character. Um, I don't agree with that. I think that people think you have to do things this way. It's binary thinking. You can just do you, right? A perfect example of this is Andrew Huberman. I say Andrew Huberman, and you both probably know exactly who Huberman is, and people that are listening know who Huberman is. I don't see Huberman posting a Lamborghini. Like, dude just wears his same black t-shirt and talks about science. And he blew the fuck up because he was such an expert in knowledge in his field. He was talking about something that people cared about. He's not posting like, oh my God, like you're all going to die if you don't implement this. Like he's not doing any of that crap. He doesn't have to because he's good enough. Be good enough. <laughs> what Posh and I just realized the other day, it was from Kevin Mills, actually. Kevin Mills came on here and we're really good buddies. And we were just like kind of like mad dogging him a little bit and like joking around and just felt like buddies hanging out. We're like, oh my God, this is probably one of the best episodes we've done because it was just fun and natural and authentic. Yeah. And organic. Well, we're uh, we're wrapping up here, man. And I, my brain is packed. I loved having you on, Brian. You are a pro. I will absolutely give you that, man. You just came on and and I, I like I feel tired from all the things that I just learned. It is incredible. Man, I love uh, how much value you've provided today. And thank you so much for joining us and appreciate all your insights, man. It's been great having you on. How can people, I know you've said it a bunch, but how can people go find out about you? Man, the a Action Academy podcast. If you guys are listening to this, you'll enjoy the podcast. I've had both of these guys on the show that are right here talking. Um, five days a week, man, we talk all about real estate, business acquisition. We talk about all the mistakes that people make. Um, we'll help you not sacrifice your health, your family, your friendships on your pursuit of wealth and all this different stuff. Like that's our jam. But if anyone took anything away from this, like what I would really say is figure out, like do the internal work, do the art before the science. So we all get so caught up in the science, but the science is actually the easy part. Why? Because it's been documented millions and millions and millions of times by people that have already done it. Art is where do you want to go? What do you want out of life? And what do you freaking love to do? Like, let's do the art first, and then we can apply the science to get there. And you're going to get there way faster than you anticipated. So check me out, Action Academy Podcast. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Brian. It's been a blast. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's it. All right. So that's it for this episode of Road to 100. Thank you so much for watching or listening. All the links and resources that we mentioned are going to be linked down in the video description or in the show notes. And depending on where you're watching or listening to this. If you're listening to this on a podcast platform, then please make sure to leave us a five-star review because it truly helps new people to discover the podcast. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, then you can leave your comment below and ask any questions, insights, or thoughts about the episode. Thanks so much for watching. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button.